Hi, I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com, and this is episode 12 of the Wellness Mama podcast, where I provide simple answers for healthier families. Did you know that coconut oil and coconut products are among some of the healthiest foods in the world? In the United States, many people avoid saturated fats, but coconut oil is unique for its high content of lauric acid and medium-chain triglycerides. In fact, populations throughout the world that consume the most coconut oil and coconut products have excellent health and low rates of disease. One example of this is the Tokelauans, which live in the South Pacific. They get an estimated 60% of their calories from coconuts, and they're considered to be one of um, the populations in the world that consumes the most saturated fat. In fact, the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition reported that the Tokelauans and the Puka Puka tribes both had extremely high intake of saturated fat, but were in excellent health with no heart disease. The National Institute for Health also reported that the Katavans, a tribe from the Melanesian Islands, had a high saturated fat intake and low rates of heart disease and stroke. In today's episode, we will be delving into the world of coconut oil and what makes it so healthy. Our guest is Jake Carney, founder of the wildly popular site, The Alternative Daily, which has over a million email subscribers. He's the author of The Coconut Oil Secret, and you can find out more about Jake and get a copy of The Coconut Oil Secret at a discount by going to wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash coconut book, all one word. I'm so excited to have Jake on to talk about one of my favorite foods, coconut oil, and what makes it so awesome. So welcome, Jake. Thank you, Katie. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Good, good, good. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump right in because I could talk about coconut oil, I think, all day long. Um, (laughs) But first, I'd love to know, how did you get into this field and start writing on your blog? I know it seems like every blogger has their own story. Was there a struggle you had personally or did you just research your way into it or how did you get started? No, that's a great question because, as as you said, many of us got into this, whether it's a personal struggle or tragedy. Um, And mine actually had nothing to do with coconut oil. Um, It actually happened probably... I don't want to kind of get all cliche and say it started when I was six years old, but it really did. And I guess my big struggle was with uh, death and the fear of death and dying and what happens. And I, uh, I remember being six years old and literally you know, getting thrown into panic attacks and waking up from like, nightmares of, you know, just of thinking about death and dreams about death and not like Grim Reaper type of stuff and like gory deaths, but just like what happens when you die? And, um, you know, and then kind of growing up in that religious background, uh, you know, we kind of always answered, oh, I'm just going to go to church and, you know, kind of figure it out that way. And, you know, come the age of you know 12, still having these kind of, you know, background, you know, thoughts and panic attacks and anxieties. Um, and then, you know, I remember it was actually the beginning of my high school career. Um, I actually missed a, a week of school because it just hit me even harder. It was one of those things where the thought of death and the thought of dying, my loved ones dying and there being nothing anymore was just uh, was so, so scary to me. And it would just throw me into kind of these panic attacks, anxiety, depression that I just couldn't, I couldn't really even just get up and go to school. So I remember telling my mom about it and she was like, you know, just stay home from school and we'll figure this out. You know, nothing really happened. Uh, you know, went on to, you know, high school you know, college and, you know, what happens during those times is you start to mask some of your fears and anxieties. And so you go up partying a little bit more and, you know, creating different, uh, uh, you know, just uh, suppressing all of that, all of that stuff, all of those thoughts. And then um, about, I would say five or six years ago, um, I actually came to a head again. And I actually had a very, very dear friend who was uh, killed in a car accident, completely freak accident, you know, at a red light, drunk driver hits him, gone. 
And um, that kind of just really started to kind of throw me off. And then three, three months later, his wife actually died of breast cancer. And I just remember being like, oh, and he, they, had, they had kids who were my age. I was best friends with them as well. And so I just remember, oh, my God. I mean, literally, they were both gone off, you know, off this earth within you know, three months of each other. And then about four or five months later, uh, my grandmother passed away, who I was really you know, uh, close with. And that's when it just kind of, boom, hit me. I was, you know, it, you know, the depression, anxiety, panic attacks, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, being in the shower, thinking about it. And I specifically remember one instance I was doing some yard work and I was, you know, walking up the actual, uh, you know, yard, you know, carrying some palm trees or whatever they were. And I just remember this, the thought of, you know, death and what happened. I literally found myself like kind of like almost like screaming out loud, just trying to, you know, kind of get that thought out of my head. And my wife was like, you know, what's wrong? And so we kind of talked about it. And my wife is, she's a very ones and zeros type of person. You know, she says, you know, I don't understand what's the problem with it. You know, you're dying. That's it. And I was like, you just don't understand my, my, my panic and my, my anxiety. So I, uh, I ended up going to a doctor to see, you know, and this is before kind of the, this is what kind of threw me in alternative health. Went to a doctor and at that point I'm like, you know, give me anything, you know, give me Xanax, give me anything you got. You know, I really just want to try. I just want to get this out. So I went to the doctor um, and he examines me and I tell him all that I'm feeling, you know, when, when I get these thoughts, I just kind of heart palpitations, heavy heart breathing, you know, I can't, uh, uh, you know, just things are all a mess. And he said, well, do you feel like you're dying when that happens? And I was like, no, but I'm sweating. All this stuff is happening. And he says, well, do you ever feel like you're dying? I'm like, no, it's the opposite of that. I want to live. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to die. He's like, well, and he pulled out a book and he's like, here's the definition of panic attack. You know, it's, if you feel like you're going to die, that's a panic attack. If you don't feel like you're going to die, it's not a panic attack. And I looked at him like, you're crazy. Uh, <laughs> you're crazier than I am right now because I know this is a panic attack. I know this is, this is huge anxiety I'm dealing with. And so he kind of took a step back and said, Jake, you know, you're 26, 27 years old. Uh, you should be worried about going out with your friends and chasing girls. And I was like, I'm married. You're, you're, you're crazier now. <laughs> and so I literally just kind of left that office um, thinking, you know what, God, I wish you would have given me something. Uh, and then two, like, where do I go from here? Um, and it turns out that I'm really glad that he never gave me anything. Um, so, you know, a couple weeks later, I'm sitting there dealing with it. And it's funny, I mentioned that I kind of grew up, you know, religious background, went to Catholic school. I remember being outside my front, my front, uh, front yard again. And my mom, I was just kind of all just a mess. And my mom said, what's wrong? And I kind of started explaining to her. And she looked at me, my mom, you know, devout Catholic, you know, everything has been, you know, gone that dogmatic route. And she goes, um, I told her what's going on, and she was like, Jake, you need to find a spiritual balance. And I kind of like looked up and looked at her and was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you know, if church isn't, you know, if you don't want to go to church, if you don't want to read the Bible, if you don't want to do anything, she was like, just find some type of balance, find type, some, some type of spiritual balance. And it hit me, and that was like the first time there was kind of like this opening of, wow, you know, I don't have to do it, you know, the way that everybody else is saying to do it and stuff like that. So the next thing I did was I started researching, you know, what do you know, Buddhists think, Hindus think, what do atheists think, you know, what, what, what does everybody think? I'd just be like extremely open with this. And um, so I got a bunch of information, uh, obviously some conflicting, some, some non-conflicting, none of them had the exact answer. Um, and then this was the coolest thing. And um, I stumbled upon a website um, it was, it, it's a surfing website that I check all the time because I surf here in South Florida and there's this professional surfer by the name of Taylor Knox, really awesome surfer and also a very good human being. And he mentioned that, uh, he always practiced what's called Keely meditation, K E L E E meditation. And I was like, wow, that's, 
sounds cool. He's a surfer. I surf. Let me see if I can, you know, look that up. And so I looked it up and I found this website, terrible looking website. And it actually had the meditation practice on there. So I'm thinking, he's, this guy's a terrible marketer. Um, and uh, why isn't he selling this? And so he tells you how to do it. And then you could buy also buy his book literally for, I think it was like, it was a, it was a hardcover book. You know, you actually get it from Amazon. It's like four or five dollars. And I'm like, well, this is kind of cool because he's not charging a lot of money for it. And so I, you know, I started doing the practice. I got the book, got in touch with his wife, you know, who kind of runs the website and kind of you know, been, was talking back and forth with her. And then I started practicing that uh, every morning and every evening, every day. And it was tough because, you know, uh, Katie, I'm sure, you know, running a business and, you know, uh, having personal, you know, life and having kids and all these things. So many things go through your head. and You go through this day kind of like in a, you know, a, a fuzz of just getting the next thing done, next thing done. Well, every morning I stopped for five to ten minutes and every evening I stopped for five to ten minutes. And I disappeared. I had to go, go after dinner and people were like, where are you going? Like, I have to go do my meditation. I got side eyes. I was like, what are you doing that for? That's weird. It's like black magic. Like, okay, whatever. So I would do that every day. And then one day, probably about three or four months into it, I uh, – and again, as I was kind of going through this, it kind of like I could start to feel like I was having less and less panic attacks and anxiety. And then one day during my um, actual uh, meditation practice – now, the whole thing is you don't want to be thinking about specific things. And the practice I do, you try to really um, get to a still point, we'll just call it. And – I, one thought that came up and you kind of get to a point where you can kind of like see your thoughts. I won't get too much into it. And kind of the one feeling I got was the whole death feeling. And I felt the heart palpitations. I felt my, my, you know, my body temperature rose, started sweating. And for the first time ever, like I did not run from it. I didn't run from it. I didn't throw up another thought. I literally just went into it and just felt it and went into it. And then at that moment, it was literally just, it was this unbelievable feeling of peace and nothingness, I guess you could say. And I don't want to kind of describe it and label it or anything like that, but I remember just feeling there was, there was just completely gone. You know, the, the, the panic attacks, the anxiety was completely gone. It was just like pure stillness is what, you know, we come to know it as. Um, and after that, I continued to do it. But the, um, you know, that moment lasted for maybe a couple seconds. And then, you know, you kind of get out of it. You're like, oh, what was that? And your mind starts to race again. And then, but everything changed after that moment. You know, life slowed down a little bit. And I continued to do my practice. That The anxiety and the panic was gone. And um, I could never have this conversation talking about death and what happens and stuff like that. Previously, I would literally get thrown into panic attacks. Um, but after that, I could literally start talking to people and be like, this is what I was afraid of. This is how I fixed it. And then I started thinking, you know, and this was actually after a couple months of doing it, actually probably a year into doing it. I was like, if I can do this, if I can truly do this, I can truly help people, you know, who are having the same things, you know, because I know there's people out there that have, you know, panic attacks, anxiety, and high levels of stress. And um, so I went online and I was like, ah, Meditation Daily, that's a cool name. Let me get that. So I looked online, you know, there was a URL that was available, meditationdaily.com, but it was from one of these domain sellers and it was like $500. And I told my wife, I'm going to do this. I'm going to save the world. I'm going to do Meditation Daily. And she was like, great. How are we going to pay our bills? And I was like, I don't know yet. Let me just do this. So I bought it. And then I literally just sat back and thought, actually meditated on it and was thinking, you know, meditation is I got it back to Ron Rathbun, who's the author of the Keeley Meditation. I kind of went back to his whole idea, which was he just put a website. I've, I stumbled upon it, 
and he was giving it away for free. And I was just like, that is amazing. And that's how there's a bunch of other meditation packages and stuff out there that you can buy for $39.99 for whatever they are. But he was giving it away for free on the site. And I was like, that for me as somebody in that state was completely legitimate and awesome. And so I saw that and I, and I decided to shelve the idea of meditation daily for another day where I could, where I could afford to run it at completely no cost. There was no, it wouldn't you know, I was not trying to monetize it with, you know, different, uh, wasn't going to have any type of business model around it, which is going to be a place for people to come and, uh, and learn meditation and stuff like that. So I, I put that to the side because I just believe that from a meditation standpoint, you don't need to pay anything to, to, to be happy and, and find your, and find your, your, your stillness. Um, and you know, you don't have to pay anything and you shouldn't have to give, give or get money for that. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to save that for, for a rainy day, um, which I w- would love to do down the road, but I can still help some people, um, and still probably make a, a, a living off of that, um, in the alternative health field. And so that's when I kind of got together with a friend and kind of told him about my, my experience. And he said, I love the idea. I love the idea of you know, helping people out and making this a truly lifestyle business where we can help people out and we can do this on a day-to-day living. And so we kind of broadened our, you know, our reach from, from meditation to alternative health. And that's when I started learning about you know, foods, the toxins in the air, the toxins in your foods, you know exercising, fitness. I mean, before I was just kind of uh, 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 a, a surfer who was pretty, you know, uh, just kind of went about my day not worrying about, you know, the food that I was putting in, et cetera. But um, after that really kind of experience I had and wanted to help people out, I started learning more and more about um, uh, uh, healthy eating, healthy living, healthy, mindful living, um, and just kind of day-to-day uh, how to make the world a better place. And that's how really I got started with the alternative daily. And it was just, it's, it's been one of the best, uh, most life-changing experiences, experiences I've had in my life. That's awesome. And I love, um, that you've reversed all those problems and that you're feeling so much better and obviously thriving now. Um, and I'm sorry for your loss of those three people in your lives, but it seems like you've turned it into an amazing thing also. Um, and not to go from a heavy subject to a light subject, but I know that something we, um, both write about and are passionate about is coconut oil. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd love to hear how you originally found out about coconut oil and how you started using it. It was funny because, you know, once you start, once I started, the site and started researching things and, uh, and foods and toxins and, and stuff like that. You know, the one thing that you always kind of run across is that, that, that kind of controversy, which is, you know, healthy fats versus bad fats, good fats versus non-good fats. And, uh, you know, one, one food that I've always enjoyed has been coconut. I always love the flavor. It's kind of a tropical flavor. You always feel like you're, you know, you're at the beach, etc. And, um, so, always being a fan of the, the coconut flavor. And again, going back into that controversy of, you know, good food versus bad food and what mainstream is telling you and what, uh, uh, you know, the, the contrarians are telling you, um, you know, I saw an article about coconut oil and it's something I had never tried before. And I was just kind of, that's cool. You know what? I like coconut. And so I decided to, you know, start eating it. And, um, it's funny as, as Kitty, you could probably, uh, you know, understand is when you start 
kind of introducing fats into your diet, healthy fats. It, it, there's a little bit, and this is for some people and not, and, and not everybody, but for, for a lot of people, you start to kind of, you go through kind of a transition period. So you took, I took my first scoop of coconut oil and um, kind of had like a bellyache that morning. I was like, what is going on? And so I didn't eat anything that morning. I just decided I was going to eat coconut oil. I was talking to somebody like, you need to at least eat something before you introduce something new like that. I was like, oh, okay, let me, let me do that. So I was eating, you know, starting to eat a little healthier and introducing, you know, coconut every morning. And then I finally kind of got over that, you know, that, that, that little bit of a bellyache. And now it's obviously part of, you know, my morning routine, et cetera. Um, but it was funny because, you know, you, people start giving you that side eye when you start using something strange to them, which is, you know, a fat, a coconut oil fat. And I started cooking with it more. And my family was like, oh my gosh, you're putting in, is that lard you're putting in cooking these chicken breasts? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's, it's coconut oil. And so I'd have explained to them, you know, the different, uh, you know, the, the benefits of MCTs and you're actually burning fat, et cetera. And they just like, why are you putting lard in there? <laughs> so, um, I started introducing it to that way. And then I think you're also familiar with this, Katie, is the Bulletproof Coffee, which is awesome. Um, and I started making a morning coffee with uh, my t- typical normal coffee, um, you know, eight, you know, eight ounces, eight to ten ounces of coffee, and then a you know tablespoon or two of grass-fed butter, and then a scoop of coconut oil, and um, that's part of my you know uh, routine in the morning now, which extremely helps you know your mental clarity. Um, also, huge boost of energy. I've never had any boost of energy much like I mean, even compared to let's say an espresso, et cetera. Um, you only need one coffee a day when you have one of those bulletproof coffees. And, um, and people, again, always looking at me side-eyed when I, when I start introducing, you know, coconut oil any way I can. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I put it coconut oil and MCT oil and butter in my coffee and I found you can't even drink it after like 11 or you don't sleep. It's so much energy. <laughs> I, I tell people, you know, this is a drink. Don't, you know, don't even try and make it after two o'clock because you're going to be up all night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so can you delve into a little bit more of why coconut oil is considered a superfood? Sure, sure. Um, and it's funny we talk about this because superfood, the term, and you probably understand, superfood is a term that gets overused. Uh, so many people, there's, you know, you see anything on all these different articles and blog posts, you know, uh, you know, an apple is a superfood, a banana is a superfood. I mean, they're great, don't get me wrong, but, you know, we really, at the Alternative Daily, we really try to be careful of what we label as superfood. And from our definition, you know, it's got to be, um, completely nutrient dense. You got to use pretty much all of the fruit, um, whether it is, you know, whether you're consuming it or what, whatnot. And then you also, we also look at the, you know, the tree itself. And again, this is our definition because we're very, very particular in what we call a superfood. And if you look at the, you know, the actual coconut palm, and as I said, I've lived down here in South Florida, so there's, there's a lot of coconut palms here. You know, you can truly use the whole tree. Uh, so you actually have the palms um, that actually people use, you know, for tiki huts, etc. Uh, and then you get to the heart of the palm, which is great, really good food to eat. Uh, and then you actually get kind of closer to the palm, and you have this coconut sap. And coconut sap, if dried out or even used as a nectar, can be used to sweeten things. And that is my go-to sweetener. So we talked about, you know, coffee. I sweeten anything I can with coconut crystals. I'm not a big sugar eater. I don't like a lot of sweets, and that's just not from a health perspective. I just actually prefer salty foods. <laughs> I just don't like a lot of sweets and baked goods. So any type I, you know, any if I'm going to make my coffee, I put, you know, coconut crystals in there. It's so good. And it's not, it's not super sweet, but it gives you that coconut taste. And then you take a look at the nut, the fruit itself, the coconut, which is 
you know, awesome. It's an awesome looking thing. I mean, who doesn't look, love seeing that? And you actually have the shell, which a lot of people use for, you know, for pots and, and cups and different things that we've seen down here. Then you have your coconut meat, very nutrient dense. And then you have your milk or, you know, actually your water, which you can convert into milk later. So there's all so many parts of this actual palm tree that you can use, which is why we actually label it a superfood for us. And, you know, it's then you get down to the actual oil itself. And it's like any other oil that's out there, you know, provides a tremendous amount of energy for cellular health. You can start burning fat just by eating it. Um, And it's just one of those things you can literally put in anything and be good. And then lastly, what I, what I think is really, really super cool about it is that you don't even have to, I mean, you can eat it. I mean, we all love to eat it. You know, I think Katie, you get gallons of it. I, uh, but being down here in Florida, I, I actually use it as my sunscreen. You know, I can put it all over my body you know, put it in and it's actually kind of like an SPF, you know, from our research, we've seen it like anywhere from like an SPF seven to 10. Um, and so you can actually, you know, and that obviously helps with, you know, you know, burning, um, also, if you have burns, you put, you put it on and it can help, you know, ease the, ease the burn. Um, and especially with wrinkles, it's a great anti-aging source as well. So it's, it's so versatile that it's just, that's why we consider it a superfood. There is one thing you should not do with it though. And I learned this the hard way, hard way is, so when I go surf, I, you know, if I have to put on, whether it's a sunscreen or a hat or something like that, you know, I'll put it on before. So I put on, you know, coconut oil one time went out there and I jumped on my board and I completely just like slip and slide, you know, slip and slide right off. And so <laughs> it's not too water, um, a waterproof. So as soon as I jumped on, it kind of threw me right off. And then I did lose a lot of my, uh, I did get a little burn cause it kind of washed away. Uh, but you definitely, um, uh, it's good if you, if you're going to be in the sun minimal amounts, um, to put it on. And I just always, you know, always put it on. I'm a bald guy, so my head t- tends to get a little, you know, dry. So what I'll do is, you know, literally in the morning, uh, my wife looks at me again, side-eyed and weird that I'm putting oil over my body. But again, put it all over my head just to kind of keep me nice and moisturized. And that's, you know, in, in closing to that one, that's that's really what a true superfood is in, in our books is something you can use in all aspects of life. And, I th- and I, I'll keep this G-rated because it's funny, um, but the – we ran a contest on our Facebook. We ran a bunch of contests on our Facebook page and we were asking folks, you know, tell us what your best use of coconut oil is. And we're going to send you a free, you know, a free jar of it. And we were going to send out three or four jars to people. And I got this private message from somebody and she says, I want to win. And it was literally this. I was, I want to win a bottle of coconut oil. Uh, but I don't want to post this, um, you know, to the public. I was like, okay, do tell, what is it? And she said, you know, I went to a doc, I went to my doctor and, um, you know, I, I've had cancer before. I'm in remission and I want to be really careful about what I put in my body. And she was like, uh, so I asked my doctor, what can I use as a lubricant? And, <laughs> and she, and he said for a personal lubricant, if you don't want to use any of the chemicals, coconut oil is the best personal lubricant that you can use. And she was in, in, in closing of her story. She said, and now I'm on my second honeymoon with my husband. And we're having an absolute blast here. And so I responded back to her. And I was like, you win the bottle of coconut oil. I don't care how many I'm giving away. You're definitely winning one. And I actually sent her one. So it was a, it's good to kind of hear that from other people's uses of how they use it. And that was one that I will always stick out in my head. That's hilarious. And I definitely have not tried coconut oil while surfing, although yeah. surfing is on my bucket list. And I won't comment on whether if I've used it for the other purpose or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we have a lot of uses in our house. I've got actually like my most popular post most weeks is my 101 uses of coconut oil. And what's always funny to me is when I find someone who I know is pretty new to my site and they'll leave a comment on that post, like, 
you're crazy. I'm never going to read anything you wrote again because coconut oil has so much saturated fat and you're killing all these people. So can you address the saturated fat and coconut oil problem and talk about why that really is not an issue? Sure. So, you know, the whole saturated fat versus you know unsaturated fat has been a, it's a huge controversy, um, and I don't even know why it's a controversy anymore. But it's one that you know us folks in the alternative health field um, definitely march um, to our own you know beat too, and it's good because it's finally, finally, finally catching on. I mean, you'll see it on you know Huffington Post, CNN about why saturated fat is now good for you. And, you know, for the past 60 plus years, it's just been really, really bad publicity for, for saturated fat. And a lot of it had to actually do with a specific, you know, actual theory or hypothesis called the lipid hypothesis. And, and I won't get into kind of the details of it, but basically what it says is, you know, saturated fats are causing, you know, high cholesterol, clogging your arteries, etc. And, um, after you know, during doing a further review of that, you know, later on, you know, within you know these past couple of years, we found that a lot of that was just shoddy research. Um, so, and the cool thing with you know with technology and the internet and everything's coming out and all the different you know bloggers and you know and, and publication sites out there, we can all share information. And so now, what's happening is a lot of they're doing a lot of new studies on whether or not you know coconut oil um, being a saturated fat, not so much coconut oil, but saturated fats are actually causing you know clogged arteries, you know. Belly, you know, belly fat, muffin tops, and it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, the the actual, you know, kind of fatty chains that make up the coconut oil. You know, and you talked about this in your intro with your MCTs, your medium chain triglycerides. Um, and what the cool thing is, is the body does not actually store that as fat. It actually gets converted into energy or or these ketones. And so, what you're actually doing by actually eating it's it's a thermogenic effect. So when you're eating coconut oil, literally you take a scoop of it, you're burning fat as you're eating it and digesting it. Now, not to say that you should just sit at your computer and just snack on, you know, coconut oil all day and you're going to, you know, and get like, you know, six-pack abs, but it's a great food to eat during the day in addition to your, your, your diet and exercise program. And so that's the one cool thing about it is with those MCTs is that literally as you eat it, you're burning fat. It's not. It's not causing high cholesterol. It's not clogging arteries. You know. It's not giving you the. You know. The, the belly fat, muffin top, fat wings, etc. It's actually burning fat as you're eating it. Yeah, I love that. And it seems like in the past few decades, we've, especially in America, we've moved away from coconut oil and saturated fats like butter and lard and tallow, and into oils like canola oil and vegetable oil and soybean oil and corn oil. And those are usually promoted as healthier alternatives to saturated fat. So talk about those. Are those healthy alternatives or should we avoid those? You know, I'm the biggest offender of this. And this is obviously, you know, five, six years ago. And and prior to that, you know, anytime we were going to cook something in our house, it was vegetable oil, go get the canola oil, you know, go get the soybean oil, you know, we're not going to use the butter who uses butter. It's going to, you know, it's going to give us heart attacks. And it's so funny because actually going into my cupboard the other day and all the way in the back, you know, there was a bottle of, you know, what's it like the Wesson oil? I forget what it is, but it's like that vegetable oil. And I was like, oh, there it is. You know, I, I haven't obviously haven't been to the back because all my coconut oil is in the front. And so obviously, you know, I, I dispose of that environmentally friendly in an environmentally friendly way. Uh, but, you know, what, what you have with those vegetable oils like that is, you know, you get the partially hydrogenated oils, which is actually causing trans fats. And I was just looking this up the other day and I was like, let me at least because I always like to take a look at you know, things from a very open perspective. Meaning, you know, if somebody just tells me trans fats are bad, I'm just not going to believe them. I want to understand why. 
Um, and another question I have is, and I'm a big natural nature person. So, you know, not to say that everything that occurs, you know, naturally is quote unquote healthy, which isn't necessarily true, but it, 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 it helps when you're kind of trying to figure out what you should put in your body. And so I was actually looking up, you know, trans fats and trying to figure this out. I was like, are there any, and what my question was asking, you know, uh, was, are there any naturally occurring trans fats? And it turns out there actually is, but it's such a small percentage, like it's such a small percentage of all the food, out of all the plants and animals out there, it's actually a small percent um, is contained in, uh, in animal products such as, you know, cattle, beef, uh, and some dairy. Uh, but it's so minimal that it really, really doesn't register. And so what happens is, you know, is, you know, people really wanted to have like a low calorie, but a good tasting food. So they started creating these partially hydrogenated oils. And all they're really doing is injecting you know, hydrogen into them, making it a very good type of fried food, gives it a good flavor. And that's what's causing all of the issues that people are having now. And so a lot, and so then we also try to get even some of the savvy, let's say, you know, canola oil marketers, et cetera, were trying to get away from that. So they started doing the canola oil, you know, your soybean, soybean oil, et cetera, and your cottonseed oil. But, you know, what that, that's created from, you know, GMO uh, types of food products. And the one thing about cottonseed oil, which a lot of, if you look, and, it's, and I'm a big Whole Foods guy, I do love going to those markets uh, and, and looking, but I still eat, I don't trust Whole Foods. So I'll go there and look in the ingredients of different foods, and you'll see things that contain cottonseed oil, you know, soybean oil, et cetera. And the one thing about cottonseed is, is that, you know, the, the cotton, you know, you use the cotton to make clothes, but what you're also, they're also doing is they're spraying pesticides on it because, you know, it's not meant for consumption, and so they're just making, you know, clothes with the cotton. Well, you, you express some of that cotton seed, and to make it oil, you're going to get some of those pesticide use. They're not worried about GMO because if you're putting on your clothes, if you're putting it on your body, it really doesn't matter if you're putting on GMO cotton on your body, you're not eating it, but they're taking those seeds and they're making oil out of it. So, and you know that's just that's just one thing to be wary of. So even though you might see something that says you know low calorie or you know good fats or whatever, just just make sure you know you do your research and try and figure out where those came from. And a majority of the cottonseed oils, uh, uh, the you know, soybean oils, and the, obviously the vegetable oils, you know, are GMO. So we really want to try and steer clear of that. But then one more thing that I want to say about that is a lot of a lot of those, a lot of those other oils um, have a high omega six to omega-3 ratio, and you kind of want it the other way. You want a, you want a, you want a higher omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. Let's see. So we have talked about um, how coconut oil supports your body in a lot of ways and your metabolism and many different ways to use coconut mm -hmm. oil, um, but I've been reading your site actually a lot in the last few days and loving all your information, so I'd love to switch gears a little bit and touch on some of your other popular natural remedies that you talk about on your site and things that you find helpful. So what are some other ones that you um, find that people are coming to your site looking for or having great success with? Sure. That, that, that's an awesome question. And um, <clears throat> what we really found with our folks is they just want the easy stuff. You know, they, they just want the easy stuff that they can go to their kitchen cabinet and look for and just do and feel, and feel good about what they're doing and then literally feel, feel from inside their body good about it. Uh, and the other one that really kind of, uh, in addition to coconut oil that, that people are really, really psyched on is, um, is apple cider vinegar. Um, and just the, the tons of benefits that, that come with it. You know, it's one of those things that I'll drink, you know, first thing in the morning, um, as soon as I get up, you know, make a little bit of a splash of two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, you know, eight to 10 ounces of water. You could put honey in there or, you know, coconut sugar if you want to sweeten it up. Uh, but what I really find that kind of balances out, you know, your stomach in the morning, you know, sometimes you might wake up 
from the night before whether you had maybe one more beer, one more glass of wine than you should have. And I'm not talking about being hungover, but you just you might not your stomach might be feeling a little off in the morning. I'll, I'll just immediately just drink a drink a big glass of apple cider vinegar. It really kind of helps balance out that pH in the stomach. I'll do that the night before too, um, because uh, you know even if you let's say you do have a meal where you may have one too many crackers, or you may have you know a little bit of bread or pasta, your belly might not be feeling good. I'll do the same thing the night before. It also has been shown to reduce, you know, blood sugar by 6% by morning. And we want to really kind of normalize out our blood pressure. I mean, blood sugar. Uh, but it also is really set. It's uh, personally, it settles my stomach. So if I'm feeling a little, you know, having a little bit of an upset stomach, uh, I don't go for my Tums and I don't go for the different antacids. Uh, you know, and I'll have you know a big glass of uh, of apple cider vinegar, and it helps you know really, really kind of soothe things down. So apple cider vinegar is one. And again, it's we consider that a superfood because not only can you you know drink it, um, you can definitely cook with it, and then also you know. Same thing with kind of anti-aging and, 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 you know, skin burns or, you know, wrinkles, et cetera. You, know, you can definitely just rub it on your body, use it in your hair. You know, our writers, I have a team of about 10 writers for the site, and, uh, you know, they love it. You know, they're the ones that are using it as a shampoo in their hair. I can't use it because I'm bald, so uh, they tend to really, really be um, – they march on with the, uh, with the uh, apple cider vinegar in, in their hair. Um, you know, another one is – it's, it's definitely um, smoothies and green drinks, and my, I don't have a specific recipe, and, and there's a, there's a reason for that, you know, because so many people get caught up in like, oh my gosh, what's your greatest recipe for this? What's your recipe for that? I literally live when it comes to you know smoothies and juices, I live by the eighty twenty rule, um, and that eighty twenty rule is eighty percent vegetables, twenty percent fruits, and I can't tell you how many times I've gone. You know, whether it's on Facebook or, or you get comments and saying, oh, my God, I had the best pineapple, banana, apple, and kiwi smoothie. And it's just like that is way too much sugar going into your system. So, you know, and I mean, even try it. You, you might feel a little weird after you're, you're, you're you know, eating and drinking all that sugar. So I always like to use 80 percent, you know, typically greens. I like to use greens because I don't really like to eat a handful of kale, you know, uh, every day. So I'll put that in my smoothie and then you'll balance it out with something, you know, like an apple, carrots, um, or maybe you throw in some ginger too. So stuff like that, where we tell people, you know, about their smoothies and, and, and green drinks or, or, uh, or juices that don't always put fruits in there, you know, add, you know, make sure you go by an 80, 20 rule, at least of adding 80%, you know, vegetables and 20% fruits. Um, and so that's another one that really, that really works out well. And then I would say kind of the last one for us is it's funny. Uh, this one always, because people are just afraid to talk about it, but it's poop. You know, we always talk about what do you need for a healthy poop? What are the, what are the foods for, uh, good foods for a healthy poop? And so anytime we talk about that, people are definitely intrigued uh, because it truly is, it sounds a little weird, Katie, but it's, it's like the window to your insides, meaning, you know, if it's not a healthy poop, you know, if it's, if it's coming out where it's a little too, uh, too loose, then, you know, something might be going wrong. Maybe something you had something different last night that you shouldn't have had. Um, but then if it, if it feels comfortable coming out and, you know, everything's good, I don't want to get too detailed here Then you know, you can, you know, you might be on the path to a good, good, healthy diet. So we always say, you know, take a look at it, peek at your poop, make sure you know what's going on. And, uh, it, and people love that stuff. So it's just the easy stuff. And it kind of all goes back to kind of, you know, bring this full circle with what I, you know, learned from, from, from Ron Rathbun and the meditation, which is just give people, 
you know, what they want for free and they will always, you know, trust you and keep coming back to you. And that's how we've always, that's been our philosophy is let's just give people. So we give them free content. You know, we give them all of this stuff for free on a daily basis. So, you know, tons of articles, tons of videos a day and people just seem to quote unquote eat it up. And, um, and that's what my folks like. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think I really do think if you give people the information for free and make it very doable and practical that they will take that and run. And I think that's a big thing for both of us. At the end of the day, we want things to actually change. We want people's health to improve. And so we love that we're able to both do that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I'd love to hear personally, and and I bet listeners would too, is what your, your typical day looks like personally. Um, and what, how do you incorporate all these natural remedies and health things? And it's funny because that's I get that question a lot from people. And it's <laughs> I was at Whole Foods the other day and I was going out and picking some some produce or I forget what it was like some eggplant or something like that. And somebody came up to me and you know they asked me like, "Are you a chef?" And I was and I was like, "No, why?" And she said, "The way that you're actually examining these foods is is really interesting. And I like to learn more about it." I was laughing. I was like, "I just like to eat healthily. I run just you know small little health website." Um, so, you know, the one thing that I, and I kind of shared about it before with the episode of vinegar is, you know, I like just start off, you know, as soon as I get up, um, whether it is with like a greens, I, I like to get a greens, whether it is a, a juice or, um, or supplement type of powder in, um, one of the first things I do is when I get up, if I don't have apple cider vinegar, I do rotate it a bit. Um, so I'll either have like a greens drink or, and, or a, um, uh, uh, apple cider vinegar, um, before and after, and I'll start, I'll start off with one of those. Um, and then I do flush out my system. I do get a lot of water. I'm a big, big, big water drinker. I mean, I'd probably drink, you know, you know, 10 to 12, you know, of my big, you know, cups of water each day. Um, so I like to flush a lot of stuff out using some water. Um, some other days also start with warm lemon water. Um, that's also something that's been a huge, huge, um, hit for us at the alternative daily is, uh, doing some, some research and some articles on why you should start your day with warm lemon water. It just really gets your digestive system going and helps balance out the pH. Um, and then I'll do a breakfast. You know, I, I really like to get a lot of protein in the morning. So I'll do some, um, some, some eggs. Um, so I'll just do eggs and I don't really put anything in there other than maybe some, you know, um, some sea salt into there. And then I'm pretty full, but I'll pretty much snack on, you know, nuts and berries throughout the day. And, uh, and then around lunchtime, that's when I'll actually have, you know, an avocado. I'll try to get some greens in as well, um, you know, a banana. And, and again, some, some more nuts to kind of keep that protein going. Um, and again, continually snack. I, I love nuts and, it's, and raw nuts are the best. And so I'll, I'll continually eat those throughout the day. And then, you know, before when I was kind of really unhealthy, I would always kind of, you know, max out with a big meal at the end. And, you know, I eat a lot for breakfast and lunch that I just don't like to eat a lot for, for dinner. So I'll kind of graze again at, at dinner. Um, but tons of water throughout the day. Um, I do drink probably two to three glasses of the apple cider vinegar mixed with water. Um, and I do, um, I am a coffee. I, I will admit I am a little bit of a coffee snob. So I will have my coffee in the morning, whether I do have a bulletproof or not. And then I will also maybe do a coffee pretty much after lunch, like around two o'clock and not, not really one after that. But I, I'm just one of those people that enjoys 
I truly enjoy a good dark roast coffee. Uh, and it's good. You know, coffee's, it's funny. This coffee is kind of the same thing as, as coconut oil. Like a lot of people for the longest time thought it was so bad for you. So, you know, it's so bad. But if you get the right kind of coffee and you put in the right, uh, you know, if you're going to put a cream in there, I use, you know, heavy whipping cream, which is a good saturated fat for it. So I'll put in heavy whipping cream in the afternoon. I won't do the bulletproof in the afternoon. Uh, heavy whipping cream and some coconut uh, crystals. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I never get that. It's not that I have a low after my lunch. I just, you know, just want another taste of coffee and then I'm good to go. So um, that's what I do. It's just continually to try and eat whole foods throughout the day. And I, and again, you know, we all go out to eat occasionally. Uh, and I know that if I will go out to eat or if I will go to somebody's house that, you know, doesn't cook the, um, you know, the best food that's, uh, you know, up to par, you know, I'm a very, very easygoing person. So what I'll try and do is, you know, if I know that I'm going somewhere, it's not going to be the, the, the best food that I particularly like. I'll eat, you know, a handful of nuts. I'll try to eat beforehand, have a smoothie, have a greens drink. So that way I'm a little full and I will taste something in front of people. I will have a little bit just because, you know, people will get pissed off if, if you don't eat their food. So I will, you know, I will have a bite or two of what they're, of what they're, you're, they're serving and be nice so that it, we just don't have to get in that conversation of, you know, why I'm not eating their foods. Um, but, uh, that's kind of how I go about my day. And, um, and it's good. And I, the big thing for me, and I, you know, I don't, I'm sure you probably preach this, is you know, what, I'm big on like testing yourself. Meaning, if go out, you know, if you want to go out and have a meal, you know, at you know Outback or whatever, how do you feel afterwards? I mean, if you don't feel good, something's wrong. And I can tell you, 100% of the time, with having you know my you know my morning greens and my eggs, and then having you know avocados and bananas and berries and nuts. I never feel badly after having those and I always have a good source of energy and it's, I never go to sleep kind of like with a, with a bellyache. And, and that's what I'm very big on is, you know, is how do you feel after you eat? If it's good, you know what, keep doing what you're doing, but keep researching what you're doing to make sure you're doing it the right way. But if it's bad, you know, change it up. If you don't feel good, change it up. Um, but I think as you probably know too, there is that stage and a lot of my friends talk about this of, that transition period from when you go from really bad junk food eating to clean eating, there is a transition period where you're kind of, you know, hey, what is this food that's getting introduced, you know? Um, and then once you're in the clean eating stage and you go back and you go back for a meal or two of eating some of like the, the bad food, you feel it even more. And uh, whether it's you're more aware of it now or whether it is actually hurting you a little bit more is, 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 is up for debate. But I'm definitely more of aware of it now that I am, you know, in kind of you know, clean, clean eating now. So. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that personalization is so important because one thing I found recently, um, I've had Hashimoto's thyroid problems for a while and, you know, eggs are considered a superfood in most in the health industry. And I noticed something in my diet was still not affecting me well, even though I was pretty much off dairy and off grains and off a lot of the inflammatory foods. Mm -hmm. And so I had the chance to run the IgG and IgE and IgM test. Mm -hmm. And it turns out egg was one of my bad ones. And so once I yeah. removed eggs, I found I got better, which was surprising because eggs are a health food. So I think at the end of the day, you do have to look at your own personal Absolutely. story and not take anything. I mean, we would both say this, I'm sure even anything we write, don't take it at face value, research yep. everything always. A hundred percent. And always just go back to, you know, how do you feel afterward? And like I was bringing up, you know, you know, the, the heavy cream in your coffee and stuff like that, that may not sit well with you, but it, you know, it's fine for me. Um, and for me personally, sometimes I just, I, I, green tea can be a little too strong for me where it kind of gives me a little fuzz. So if I, you know, if I do have green tea, I really, uh, I'll, I'll have it, I'll steep it. 
but I'll add a ton more water to it and, you know, maybe even ice it down uh, because it's sometimes it can get just really almost too potent for me where I kind of, as I like to say, get a little tweaked out. So it definitely, you know, but, you know, green tea is great, has great properties for everybody, you know, anti-cancer properties. Uh, but for me, I just can't have such a concentrated um, selection of it. But, uh, you know, I, I could get my coffee in too, which which helps. So, but yeah, absolutely. I, it's very personalized. And I think that's where the industry is going. And I shouldn't even say industry, but kind of, you know, health in general. And, and people should be looking at it as like, how does it affect you? Even though what you read on the Alternative Daily or Wellness Mama or whatever you see, you know, but how does it affect you? Try it, you know, at least try it. So... Absolutely. And I'm excited to see a lot of the technologies moving toward having lab tests be very accessible and a lot mm-hmm. less expensive, which I think Absolutely. is going to be huge for a lot of people. Absolutely. And that's and that's and that's going to be good for from the supplement range, too, is, you know, a lot of people will just take a supplement because it's been said that it's good for you and supplements will help some people out. But you might need a little bit more milligrams or whatever it is than that you know the typical person or you might actually need a lot you might need it but a lot less and you know there's definitely some good technologies coming out there that will be able to test people for that and saying you know you only need you know this amount for you specifically of this specific supplement and that's just going to make everybody better Definitely. Well, I cannot believe we're coming to the end of our time already because I've had so much fun chatting, but I always ask three questions at the end. Go so for I would it. love to hear your answers. What is one piece of advice you wish someone had given you earlier in your life? Oh, one piece of advice I wish someone would give me earlier in life. Oh, man. I would say, um, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying, which is I don't want to say doubt everything, but question everything. And that's how I've always kind of lived my life. And I wish I would have seen that a little earlier, um, which is just doubt, you know, not doubt everything, question everything and get your own opinion, you know, and, and you need to be happy more than anything else. And, and you become more happy when you question, you know, status quo and status quo might be right at that time or not, but at least you'll have your own answer. And so it's question everything and make sure that you are happy with yourself. So it's kind of, for me, those, those two go really hand in hand together. Yeah, I love that. And the next one is one, if you had to boil it down to one action step, what's one thing you would recommend for listeners to start doing today to improve their health? It has to go back to the testing yourself, meaning, you know, adding in with you adding in more greens or adding in, you know, less wheat. And, you know, there's still people out there that are reading your blog, that are reading my, that are reading mine, um, that are, you know, saying, you know, maybe, you know, the, the whole wheat thing doesn't apply to me, or maybe that gluten doesn't really apply to me. Well, really, you know, take a step back and see how you feel after a meal and be honest with yourself. That's a huge thing is being honest with yourself. And it took me the longest time when, when I, you know, starting to get down my grains and get down all my, you know, uh, your breads and pastas, which was, I wasn't feeling good at night. And I, for the longest time I lied to myself because I, you know, pastas are good. We need those carbs. But when I finally looked at it and said, I don't feel good. It's okay not to eat bread and pasta anymore. Uh, I started feeling way better at night and lost a ton of weight. So it's, you know, it's, you know, test it on yourself. Test those good things. Test, you know, taking some of this stuff out and see how you feel. And I think that that, you know, will only benefit you. Absolutely. And then lastly, what is a favorite health resource you have? Maybe a book or a website or um, even a, a documentary besides obviously your own site, which I'm going to link to in the show notes. Sure. And other than the wellnessmama.com, which is obviously one of my, my go-to pages after I check my own. <laughs> um, you know, I, when it comes down for me, and I'm going to come full circle with our entire, um, uh, with our entire ch- chat, which is you know, it comes to the whole well-being and wellness of a person. And what led me down this road 
was, you know, was meditation and which really kind of helped me get into being self-aware, being food aware, being environmentally aware. And, you know, even though it doesn't come down to food for this last um, recommendation, you know, I, I would be I would feel that I would, wasn't doing this justice with it. I didn't say it, but it was definitely I would have your folks look into meditation and specifically it's Keeley meditation, you know, K-E-L-L, K-E-L-E-E. Um, it's actually called thekeely.org, and um, I have no financial um, or affiliate or any type of um, uh, affiliation with them. It's just that you know it helps me become a better person all around from a food perspective, from a mind-body perspective, from a spiritual perspective, and um, I definitely would recommend that book to anybody. Awesome. And Jake, where can people find you if they want to read more of your work? Sure. So you have thealternativedaily.com. And for your folks you know, that are listening to this, if you ever want to email me, it's jake at thealternativedaily.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. And um, you know, just check us out every day. We, 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 you know, we update the site five or six times a day. We do videos. We do contests. We do a lot of things. So um, we're really out there trying to give you guys the best content, the best kind of breaking news and alternative health that's out there. And we'd love to hear from, from your folks. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jake, so much for being here. And thank you to all of you for listening. And just a reminder, you can go to wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash coconut book, all one word, and get a great discount on Jake's coconut oil secret book. Um, And also go to thealternativedaily.com and read all of their great information there. And if you would, I'd be really appreciative if you would take a second to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating or review so that others can find us as well. And until next time, have a healthy week.